Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, and welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. I am Jillian, your host for today's episode, and I am joined today by our contributor, Christina. How are you doing, Christina? Good, Jillian. Thanks. Yes, so good to talk to you. And we have a special guest today, Edward Lursman. How are you today, Edward? I'm doing great, Jillian. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, so I'm I'm so grateful to have this conversation with both of you. I know it's going to be so good, and the Lord is going to speak so many truths through this podcast. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about Edward. He lives with his wife, Kate, in Ohio, and is a licensed professional counselor with Spirit of Peace Clinical Counseling. That is such a beautiful name. I just have to throw that out there. I love that name. But as a Catholic and a counselor, his clinical focus includes support for individuals and couples experiencing infertility and miscarriage, which is such a gift uh, to the world. And I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that. So Edward, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, maybe a little bit about your practice or about what your relationship is uh, to Springs. Yes, Jillian. So my, you mentioned my primary focus within counseling is to support individuals and, and couples with infertility and miscarriage. It's something I'm very passionate about and something I've really uh, narrowed in on with my business. But I have to say it's very near and dear to my heart. I long, like you mentioned, I live with my wife, Kate, in the greater Columbus area in Ohio. And I, it's something that I've struggled with too, personally. And so five years of primary infertility and an experience of one miscarriage during the pandemic. So it was already on my radar because I had a lot of friends struggling with miscarriage before I even got married, but it's something that definitely intensified once I started to experience it personally. So I've just been very happy to allow this pain to then flow into supporting other people through that. So I work with couples and individuals in Ohio. Right now, licensure is really funny, and so I have a lot of issues with state boundaries. Hopefully, we can work on that with some interstate contacts. But for now, um, I can help um, residents in Ohio. So if anyone's interested, they can reach out. Yeah, that's that's so good to know. I appreciate those state boundaries, but sometimes I wish that they were a little more flexible so that we could um, allow you know, more people to be served by those in other places. But uh, yes, we do have many people in this community who live in Ohio. And so we'll make sure to include uh, your contact information in the show notes so that they can reach out to you or maybe even get you know a referral or something like that if they aren't so close to you. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing about your personal experience too. You know, I know that, you know, in order to be a good counselor, you don't have to have gone through the experiences that you're, you're serving, you know, the people that you're serving. But uh, I know people in this community really, really appreciate when the professionals they're seeing can relate to them and, and really understand the crosses that they're carrying. Yeah, we are praying for you. And we are so thankful to have you in this community. I was just going to ask a quick question. So, Edward, is it because of licensing issues you can't take, like, clients via Zoom out of different states? Is that what? Yeah, it's based on which state the client is in. So as soon as the client's in another state, then that state's laws and rules apply. In a lot of states, they say you have to have a Michigan license. You have to have a North Dakota license to work with a resident of that state. And I don't have those licenses. Yeah. And I was just going to say with what Jillian had said, yeah, I'm sure now that you've like, especially with miscarriage, you've gone through it. I'm sure you can minister now to your clients in a, in a way that's deeper 
than, you know, before you had actually walked that path. Yeah. yeah. It definitely helps with the empathy piece, that's for sure. Earlier this morning, I was on a meeting with Anne and we were talking to another counselor that we were just introduced to. And she had an experience of infertility and miscarriage and now adoption. And just the fact that we, you know, the Lord gives us a variety of experiences. It allows us to just serve the body of Christ you know, even better and just, you know, be his advocate with the Holy Spirit. So it's just so, and which I love, Spirit of Peace, uh, clinical counseling, that that name, because I think that really gives a direct focus on what the goal is. So yeah, I, and I kind of want to dive right into that, actually, this idea of peace, because I think many of us in this community experience a lack of that when we're carrying the cross of infertility that or or maybe we lose it often and so i i want to just ask you edward in your you know professional experience and you know also your personal experience what are some of the maybe emotions and thoughts that those carrying the cross of infertility or loss are carrying and and share because i think that we can maybe think of ourselves as the only ones experiencing that thought or feeling. So I think it would be good to just talk about what are some of these common themes that that you see? Absolutely. There, I mean, there are countless words that could describe how people experience infertility, but some of the words that come to my mind are lost, I feel overwhelmed, I feel stressed, I feel scared. So you could find some things, some words that really describe some of the uncertainty, the anxiety of the experience. There's also kind of more of the depressed side of, you know, the experience where I feel hopeless. I feel despair. I, you know, I, I feel devastated by just the weight of my experience of loss, what infertility has taken away from me or how I feel left out from community, from the next stage of my life, et cetera. So I definitely see more in that line. And then also, too, anger, you know, anger towards God, anger towards infertility, anger towards my body, a lot of anger or guilt, confusion. You know, a lot of these things apply to infertility, to ourselves, to God, those around us when other people aren't super sensitive. There's a lot of words that I would use to explain, like, kind of when I commonly encounter with infertility, but those are some of the big ones that I that I see. Yeah, I I can resonate with a lot of those. And I can see Christina uh, shaking her head. Yep, I <laughs> yep, I can I can relate. And I I kinda wanna take that one step further. So that all of those emotions sound very, you know, common and what people share in our community. How how do you see those sort of affecting our day, you know, our day-to-day lives? You know, because I think I can be, you know, perhaps feel angry, but that might look a certain way, you know, in our marriages or in our professional lives. So what are maybe some ways that you have seen those emotions kind of affecting our day-to-day lives? Well, what doesn't it affect? <laughs> it affects everything, doesn't it? These emotions affect everything. They, it's hard to go about life when you're feeling devastated, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling worthless, hopeless, you know, it's, we just think about what are we trying to do on a daily basis? We're trying to work. We're trying to make, you know, clean the house. We're trying to make meals. We're trying to keep up with all this stuff, but then we got to carry this heavy emotional weight too, right? Like it just adds so much burden and so much weight to everything we do. It makes it hard to just keep doing those things, those little mundane things. It makes it difficult to 
experience joy and hope in life, you know, that kind of zest just kind of wears off, right? Like it just, the, the way that we've been carrying it for so long, months, years, I think very much about how like worn down and how burnout people often feel clients very often feel battle weary. I mean, that's kind of a way that a lot of people describe it, but it just kind of robs you of a lot of the joy of living. And I can say that personally and professionally. And also it impacts our relationships. It changes a lot of dynamics too, doesn't it? You know, it, it changes how we interact with family members. You know, maybe we struggle to be around family members who don't struggle with infertility, who are having a lot of kids, uh, maybe family members who aren't super sensitive to the struggles that we're encountering, not knowing how to help us, not able to, but even our relationship with God too. That, you know, I see that so often, you know, and we feel so guilty about it, but at the same time, it's like, but I do feel angry towards God. I feel angry towards him and allowing this to happen to me and to my marriage and to my next house. Like, I, I wish this didn't happen. If he's in control, why can't he just fix this? So anyway, those are some of the things that come to my mind. You know, what doesn't it impact is, is, my, is my question. Yes, that's a great, <laughs> that is a great question. Christina, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, um, definitely resonated with a lot of that. It can paralyze us and, and just distract us, like you were saying, Edward. I have I felt that, you know, like just the inability to live like in the present moment. And I don't know if you guys watch The Chosen, but I'm like super into it right now. <laughs> but um, and then you feel guilty about all this time you wasted and that you weren't fully there. And I can't remember if it was like Philip was talking to Matthew in The Chosen, but Matthew was like, oh, I wasted all this time. And Philip was like, it's not time wasted. It, it was just misplaced, rearranged, but you know, God will redeem it. And so I just, as an encouragement to our listeners, the Lord holds every tear and every suffering and, and he will redeem it all. So don't, don't feel guilty that you can't you know, live how you want to live right now. You know, but yeah, that's such a good reminder that God, he, he does good with all things, you know, for they work together for his good. But I think that's a really great place to sort of take our conversation about these relationships that you're talking about, Edward, because I personally can say, yep, with God, that's been a challenge with family members and friends and not not even that it's an intentional sort of conflict, that it just sort of happens because I'm in a different season than they are. And so maybe let's just start with God the Father. Now, I do want to make a disclaimer that I think is really important that counseling is not the same as spiritual direction. And they are different disciplines and different fields, often really helpful to seek together and to you know work on together. But as a Catholic man who serves, you know, many, many Catholics, I'm curious if you have any thoughts about kind of like when some of these emotions affect our prayer life and our relationship with God the Father, what are some ways that we can enter that relationship or try to kind of work on that? Yeah. And thank you for that disclaimer, Dillian. I appreciate that because, yeah, I'm not a spiritual director. I am not going to dive into the complexities of the spiritual life the same way that uh, a good and holy priest or, you know, the spirit director could. So thank you for that. I'm going to come at this from like a counseling relational standpoint. Right, right. Yeah. Well, what came to my mind with this question is just how important it is for us to first be aware of what it is that we are experiencing, like what are we feeling towards God, first and foremost. Like we can be aware of how this 
is impacting our relationship from our end with God. So what are we feeling toward God right now? What questions are popping up in your head? Are you thinking that God abandoned you? Are you thinking that God is punishing you? Are you angry at him? Are you frustrated? Are you wondering what is the purpose? Why me and not these other people? I think it's just really important first and foremost to be aware with how is this impacting my relationship with God? Or be able to articulate that first. I don't think we can really talk with God about it until we're fully aware. And maybe if we've been suppressing that, I find it very common for uh, faith-based clients to suppress that and say, well, I couldn't feel that way. I shouldn't be having these thoughts. And so we just got to be careful about that. So first and foremost, I'm giving you permission, listeners, to acknowledge your feelings and to feel them. Allow yourself to just acknowledge them and sit and sit in them for a little while before we even take them to God first. But you can see where I'm going with this next. The, the next thing I would recommend is then let's talk with God about it. Like any relationship, we need, if we got this conflict going on, we need to bring it up. It's the elephant in the room. Like if we're saying all our other prayers and doing everything, it's just still this big elephant in the room that's just following us around. So I think God can handle it. I think he can handle it if we need to go talk to him about these feelings that we've articulated to ourselves. So let's then share with him how you feel. Speak from the heart and really process that with him. Like any good relationship, it's a two-way street. So maybe we can start out with us sharing and giving our emotions over to him and our questions. Then I think we also need to then listen and encounter him through adoration through contemplative prayer, through reading the scriptures. The chosen, I love that you've mentioned that. I love that you mentioned that, Christina, because I, that's been on my mind too, the chosen, and how like the Lord was speaking through that series, and I wasn't expecting him to, but yeah, there was some stuff in there too that really spoke to me. So yeah, speak to the Lord, the relationship, share with him, and then maybe look at how can I allow the Lord to speak to me and reveal some things to me about this. That is a really helpful process that you just laid out. And as you said, for me anyways, I think I complicate it because it's it's God that I am talking to. And I just make it I make it more and even though I mean yes, our relationship with God is so 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 important. It's a relationship. You know, he's a person that I can talk to and I I love what you said, you know, sort of first just gather your thoughts. I'm thinking of conversations that I have with my husband that I haven't really thought through. (laughs) And I just start talking and talking and talking. And now all of a sudden, I've been talking for 20 minutes and I'm going in circles and I haven't really made my point and he's frustrated. (laughs) And of course, God can see into our hearts better than a human can. But I just love that idea of, you know, gather your thoughts, bring them to the Father and listen. And then just all those ways that you provided that are listening tools. You know, there's so many ways that God can speak to us through scripture, through prayer, through things like the chosen, or or even other people, you know, that he might, I'm kind of stubborn in prayer. And so sometimes the Lord has to kind of tell me something several times in a book I'm reading, a friend will tell me it, I hear it on the radio, I see a commercial, you know, he just has to tell me like in 10 different ways before I say, okay, I hear you, because he can use all things. So I really appreciate that, that kind of process about if you're struggling in prayer, if you're struggling with your relationship with God, here's just kind of a simple way that I think is also pretty relatable to any relationship, you know, as you said, just like any good relationship kind of follow these steps. And I think that that's another a tender spot in some of our listeners' hearts is some of their relationships with earthly fathers. 
you know, that might be their, maybe their biological father. It could be a pastor or maybe just some other father figures in their lives, uncles or neighbors, you know, things like that. And I think that those tender wounds and spots can exist for, you know, a variety of reasons. But You know, I'm wondering if you think it's possible or if it's helpful to start kind of restoring our relationship with God the Father. And if that is helpful to then, you know, kind of restore our relationship with some of our earthly fathers. Absolutely. I think first, if we're able to be in union with God, he can give us so much grace and so much clarity through our prayer, through our relationship with him. That's guidance on how do we can we navigate this situation or that situation? You're referencing specifically, like, what do I do with difficult relationships or challenging relationships? I think it's pretty, you know, evident that, you know, God's giving you guidance with that will really, can really help with that. I do think, too, there's another, I'm going to take this on a more counselor bent here, where I think with God as Father, there can be a lot of, there's a natural connection between our relationship with Him as Father and our relationship with you know, men on earth as father. And so a lot of times we can see God the Father through the lens of our earthly fathers. And it can be helpful maybe to go in reverse, you know, recognizing that, hey, God the Father is perfect. We don't understand it. It feels like maybe he's a tyrant or maybe it feels like he's ignoring us, negligent. But in reality, he is perfect and all loving. And there's some reason we don't understand it, but there's some reason why we're going through this. And so Understanding him as the perfect father can then help us to approach other relationships, recognizing that, hey, these are human relationships, they're imperfect relationships. It can help kind of set the expectations for that. Maybe we need to lean in God the Father more if we're having issues with other human relationships. I really appreciate that comment because that is actually something I noticed in my own prayer life and in my own reflection that I was looking at God sort of from the earth up, you know, I was looking at him through my thoughts of fatherhood on earth. Yeah, sort of seeing frustrations or flaws or, you know, just I've asked you for this and you haven't given this to me just, you know, sort of in that way, rather than looking at my earthly father or fathers from, you know, heaven down, you know, and and trying because I think too, sometimes I have a misunderstanding of who God the father is. And also who my earthly fathers are. You know, I I think sometimes I expect my earthly fathers to be more like God the Father. And I sort of blame God the Father for the things that that aren't his fault, you know, necessarily. That like he's not doing something, he might be allowing something. And so that was something that was really helpful for me to see my earthly father through the eyes of God the Father. And kind of reclaim some of those maybe personality traits or things that I experienced when I was younger to kind of see it through God the Father's eyes. And uh, so I I really appreciate that. Maybe reverse it, you know, look at it the other way. Yeah, Christina, I'm curious if you, you know, can relate to that in any way about kind of just misunderstandings about maybe God the Father, our earthly fathers and what you think about Yeah, I mean, pretty much echo what you guys said, but I think it also, and I'm not going to segue too much, but your spouse, expecting your spouse to be Jesus for you. And then you put these like super high expectations on them. And of course, they're not going to fulfill those. I mean, they're human. So yeah, the same way goes to God the Father, you know, our earthly fathers, earthly mothers, like thank God we have God the Father is perfect and we have Mother Mary. You know, a lot of people have issues, have, you know, issues with their their biological moms. So it's nice that 
even though they're not perfect, we do have perfect parents. Um, and I know, Jillian, maybe this is when you want to segue to like pastors, especially we, we expect and we, we like hope, you know, our pastors are like these perfect people, but they're just human. And to remember that, you know, they're not always going to say the right things, but they're, you know, they're often just trying their best and just to forgive them when they're not saying the best things or giving the, the best advice. But I don't know if you want to segue to the pastor's part now. Yeah, that, that would be great. You know, I think uh, that's a yeah really logical kind of next step is that the other fathers that we, many of us experience are pastors in our parishes, in our churches, and especially around things like Mother's Day or Father's Day. Uh, and, and maybe if we hope that they would have maybe handled those days a little differently or would have acknowledged us a little differently, there can be a lot of difficult wounds, or maybe we've even had conversations with them about it and they haven't received us so well. You know, maybe that it would be helpful, Edward, for just maybe a couple practical conversation starters or something that we could say, you know, in this case to our, our pastors, but maybe even our earthly dads, you know, what are some ways that we could maybe start talking to them about this cross? Absolutely. So you'll recognize that there's going to be some similarity with how it's describing expressing yourself to God the Father. So that's intentional. But I think, especially if you have a read that the person, you know, your, your pastor or the person you're trying to share with is a responsive and receptive person, somebody who's going to accept your emotions and your experience well, I would encourage you to try to pattern that same process of, here was my experience when, you know, this Thing happened on Mother's Day at my parish. This is how it made me feel, or this is what I could use to be helpful for you know me and anybody else who's struggling with infertility in your life. Expressing your feelings, your needs in a in a gentle way. Don't come across like you do this to me, and you know you're a normal person. But but really trying to simply say you know it's it's hard for me. I feel left out. I feel excluded. I feel and then we really kind of stare at that and see if the person is, is responsive, the pastor is responsive, and see if you can collaborate on how you can make that better for you. I mean, my biggest comment would be you just got to get a read. Because unfortunately, because we're talking about imperfection and just kind of like the brokenness of our human existence, not every person is going to be super responsive, super receptive to any of this kind of thing. It does take some comfort level with uncomfortable emotions to be able to receive that kind of stuff. So some people may not be comfortable even going in this kind of deep territory. So I guess with people, with pastors, with other people who are not as responsive, not as receptive emotionally, then you have to kind of look at, well, what is a reasonable expectation for this relationship, for this situation? Because not they're not all going to be created equal. And you might have to outsource more of that to God the Father and say, you know, I know that this person's not going to give me what I want in this situation. So God, I hand that over to you and I'm not going to try to force it out of them. Yeah, that that's helpful. I, I appreciate your comment about reasonable expectations. That is a good check for me because I, I think it's likely that I put unreasonable expectations, perhaps as Christina was sharing, on my spouse or even my, the various earthly fathers that I have, pastors that especially, you know, I, I could see that if this is the first time they're hearing from someone about infertility, it's probably a little bit difficult for them to navigate. You know, maybe they've never thought about it before. And I know when someone points out something that maybe I didn't notice, 
sometimes I get a little defensive or sometimes I want to say, no, that I, I didn't forget or, you know, I just seeing how I respond. I can see that that could be how someone else also responds to the first time they're hearing something. So yeah, what's a reasonable expectation? And I also love this idea of outsourcing to God the Father, that he hears us and he is working in everyone's hearts. So there are things that he can say to someone that maybe we even can't, that we're not able to express that he can just sort of whisper into their hearts and yeah, that is, that's really helpful. I think that to echo what you said about God the Father, you know, try to do the same thing with our earthly fathers, but to just know that we're all imperfect and we're all trying, especially in this community of Catholics and Christians who are trying to be the best versions of themselves and to imitate Christ, that to assume the best, you know, in people. And if they um, happen to, you know, you happen to have an encounter that's a little bit hurtful or maybe a lot hurtful, that we have God the Father, who is a perfect father and loves us where we are. Edward, thank you so much for, for being here on this episode and for sharing your insights. I learned a lot. <laughs> I'm going to be taking this to prayer and into my other relationships. And I just want to yeah, reiterate to our listeners that we'll make sure to put uh, your contact information in the show notes so that they can reach out to you because yeah, I think you'd be a great, great resource for those in Ohio. Yeah. And anybody can reach out to me if they still want to talk about their experience or get some guidance on some resources in their area. And who knows, maybe the the rules will change in the future. And I might, you know, that may change. So anyway, anybody can reach out to me if they're still online. Thank you, Edward. That is so helpful. And just we appreciate your your openness and willingness to serve those who are carrying this cross because it's it's a tender and heavy cross. And yeah, you're such a, a valuable member of this community. So I am so excited for this episode to, to be shared and for this community to just get to know you a little bit more and also uh, to, yeah, hopefully kind of re-enter and reclaim some of these fatherly relationships. Listeners, I know that our relationships with God the Father or earthly fathers can sometimes be challenging, but you know, I hope you get, if you get one thing out of this podcast is that God the Father loves you and he is perfect and wants the best for you. And we are here walking with you uh, along that journey. And uh, just know we're, we're praying for you and we see you. And we just really hope that and pray that your relationships with your fathers uh, begin to restore and know that too, that we're always here, as Edward said, that he's here to, to chat and we're walking with you. So we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. We would be so grateful if you took a minute to rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Don't forget to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and community prayer list, read our blog, and register for virtual and in-person events. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.